Hey there, my name is Ushi Nunny and welcome to episode four of season four of Audio Talks presented to you by Harman. And in this episode, we're going to explore technology powering elevated music experiences and how new and innovative tech can elevate our listening experiences and take them to a new level. Now, I'm thrilled to welcome two people who really do live and breathe in the overlap between great tech great sound and great music. Kelly Snook is the founder of Kepler Concordia, co-founder and director of Mimu Gloves, owner and producer at the It's Not Rocket Science Studios, recording studios in Portland, and a former NASA researcher. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. And Sean Barton is the senior global product line manager for Home Audio at Harman. Welcome, Sean. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Okay, I've got a couple of questions to get things going. I'm going to ask them to both of you, starting with yourself, Kelly. Uh, talk to us a bit about the link between great music, great sound and great technology. And what does that all mean to you? You know, for me, I think music experiences are all about immersion and any kind of experience is enhanced the more immersive it is. And I think that's where technology is really uh, excelling these days, I think the ability to get very, very high quality audio reproduction in, in, with respect to recordings and then playback, multi-channel audio, and also new advances in the seamless melding of audio and video in a way, and especially VR and AR, when all of those things can come together and make an experience that is truly, truly immersive and truly lets you kind of disappear into and become part of the music. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when it gets the most powerful and the most moving. And and I think that this is where technologies are really coming into play now and giving us that power of of immersion. Absolutely. And it's funny you should mention the word kind of immersion and, you know, the invisibility of the technology at its best. But I actually had a chat with Dave Rogers from Harman during the week at a conference and um, we were talking about this thing that technology is at its best when it's actually sort of, it, you know, you don't even know it's there. Mm. It's just delivering this amazing immersive experience. Um, come out over to yourself, Sean. What say you on the overlap between music, you know, great sound, great technology, and this kind of immersive experience. And what does it mean to you? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, to me, all of these things, uh, it's really about people. Mm. Um, for me, <laughs> it's really, um, personally, I love talking about sound. I love talking about audio. And I get to do this with my friends and my colleagues who share this interest in sound and music and technology. You know, I just love talking about it so much about, mm. you know, I try on a new pair of headphones and I get to chat with my friend about, hey, the, the bass sounds really good. And we have this common understanding or, you know, the latest mixing of some new track that came out. And, um, you know, when you get to share this with other people, whether it's in a, you know, a live music setting or sitting down for like a hi-fi audio demo. Mm. And, uh, you know, you, you, you get to hear these great experiences and, you know, I just love it, like sharing these type of experiences and looking at somebody else in the eye and knowing that we have this common understanding of, oh yeah, this, this sounds good. This sounds oh, yeah. good. And, and, and when you do that, it's a really special feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's, there's something, you know, music, uh, as much as it can be a very, uh, you know, singular experience, you know, one can get immersed in a, in a world. And I, I've done that for, for so many years myself. Um, you know, when it's kind of shared with other people and you have that 
that look, that moment of recognition, and you know you're both there having this special experience, uh, it, it can be just amazing. It can bring people together in a way that very few things can in the world, I think. Um, but coming back to yourself, Kelly, do you have any examples of, you know, I know you work in this field a lot, but are there any recent examples of this overlap between music, sound and audio uh, technology that you particularly liked? Mm. Well, for the last few months of the year, I've just been in a kind of old fashioned stereo mix engineering experience, just trying to mix a, a record that I've been working on. And even just in the world of stereo audio, there's still so much to explore in terms of using new technologies to uh, create a feeling. And in mm. in fact, I work a lot with uh, devotional music, and devotional mm. music is is a little bit like film scoring, but with a little added extra dimension that you're trying to you're trying to create a um like a, a reverence or a feeling of connection with whatever uh, whatever you think to be divine or or you know that very primal experience of being human and and taking yeah. words and then really trying to elevate those words um with technology that's a very um it's kind of like a special challenge <laughs> and yeah. you know my my experience in the last few months i just recently let go of my old system and in the studio into the new version and you know all new plugins and all new technologies and i was just really blown away really with what what you can do now with these new, you know, processing plugins. It, it's just yeah. so incredible. And the power that you have to, to adjust the very, very smallest things and what that does to the way it feels. It's just so remarkable. So I've just been kind of, um, I guess I've been really enjoying these new technologies just in the form of just audio tech plugins, you know, new yeah. new EQs and new compressors and um, new ways of uh, routing sound between different tracks in a DAW and 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 having that turn into a sublime religious experience. That's wow. that's always just a fun like a fun connection to make. You're like, you hold this plug in your hand, you find the socket and you plug it in and it's suddenly something totally new. And you wouldn't be able to do that with the, without the electrons and without people's hard work coding these new ways of processing sound. So yeah. that's, that's where I've been, that's where my head has been at really for the last few months. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's, that's a conversation I'd love to continue with you offline. <laughs> sure, <laughs> Get sure. some tips on plugins. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> and uh, Sean, I imagine that you would have access to amazing research facilities and, you know, new technology that's bringing the best out of music and sound and people's audio experiences. Um, what's a recent example that you'd like to share between this overlap between music, uh, audio and tech? Well, I'll, I'll tell you a personal experience about what I'm doing right now. Um, you know, today I'm actually retraining uh, to become a, a golden ear or a trained listener oh, here at Harmon. Wow. And, wow. Uh, you know, this is a special process that we do here at Harmon. You know, everything that we develop is evaluated by a panel of trained listeners. And these listeners go through this process of training. And, uh, you know, years ago at Harmon, I did the training to improve my listening skills and I participated with all the competitive benchmarking tests. Mm -hmm. uh, but lately I haven't maintained... Uh, my record, I suppose. Um, <clears throat> I still think my ears are pretty good, but uh, right now I'm going back into this training course where I'm, you know, helping fine tune my ability to tell the differences in bass level and what frequencies are being distorted 
or, uh, or cut or added. It's fun. And at the moment, I'm in a class of about 10 other people. And we're all sharing our experiences and learning together. For me, relearning it. But I get to share my experience with critical listening and for people who have never done this before. And for them to really get into audio for the first time and really understand, oh, this is what it sounds like when you add 3 dB to 6K. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's pretty fun. And uh, that, that awareness, you can see that awareness uh, starts to build. And uh, I just love it. And, um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to passing the test and getting my little certificate and uh, participating in some of, the, uh, some of the upcoming listening tests here in our office. That sounds super fun. Can can a non-Harman person take this test? Yeah, uh, well, you you can certainly use the uh, the the training software. It's free. Mm. Um, if you look on uh, online, uh, I can send you the link later. But uh, our lead audio researcher, Sean Olive, he came up with this this, uh, this uh, audio training software that is really easy to use, and you can import your own tracks, and you can and it'll just run the filters, and you choose between A and B. Uh, and uh, it's, it's like a blind test within the software and you hear a change and you pick out which, what you think the change happened. And, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's totally free and available. So it's... Uh, I, oh, I love that. Uh, I'm going to totally check that out. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm getting goosebumps here. This is <laughs> listening to the conversation. Uh, and, and actually, Sean, I was going to say you'll be joining your namesake, the good Dr. Sean Olive uh, in that kind of golden air club, which I think is just fantastic. We've had him on the podcast a couple of times. He's a absolutely phenomenally interesting person and uh, his work in the the, the field of, uh, you know, consumer audio and professional audio is just amazing. Um, But Kelly, coming over to yourself now, you mentioned earlier about plugging in kind of Mm. these new capabilities and elevating, you know, music to a religious experience and kind of part of your journey recently has been to understand how this can actually happen. Mm. Um, You mentioned kind of uh, new plugins and DAWs and that kind of thing. Uh, How do you think that new and innovative technology can actually elevate our listening experience? Mm. I think whether you're um, like a music professional or you know, really, really experienced like Sean with his golden ears or whether you're just a, a regular person that likes to listen to music. I think there's something in um, a well-produced, well-recorded, well-engineered piece of audio that gets the recording part of it. And as you said earlier, it gets the technology out of the way and allows the listener to just connect with the intentions of the music itself. And I think the the more we can disappear the technology, in fact, the better the technology needs to be in order for that to happen. So mm-hmm. um, I think it, whether or not somebody's really experienced, it's it's kind of an intuitive thing. And you can tell when something isn't quite hitting. It's not quite like you can hear if if the if the audio quality is bad, it 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 will get in the way, regardless of whether or not you're conscious of why it's getting in the way or in what way it's getting in the way. Mm. So, um, for me, I think it's about, um, always, always being as a producer, I guess, anyway, as a, or as a mix engineer, being really connected with the intention of what it is I'm trying to, um, get out of the way of, (laughs) 
and then use the technologies in a way that I that that everything can be out of the way of that. Um, yeah. That's what I I try and keep at the top of in, at the top of my mind. So um, I think that the uh, the level of technology now is such that it's totally possible, even for the most uh, inexperienced person, to get hold of these tools and mm. and employ them to. Um, to be able to implement their own ideas. And, you know, it, it just wasn't possible to do this 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but the computing power and the technology, even on a phone, honestly, yeah. like it, not to mention a laptop or, um, you know, the, the computing power in a, in a phone is more than was on the entire Apollo mission. And right. we went to the moon with that. So I think, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, in the end, it's kind of all coming down to computing power, but but then also the infinite creativity of all the people working in in the fields uh, of of audio technology to help everyone get out of their own way and connect to yeah. connect to their intention. Yeah, nicely said. Nicely said. And you mentioned the uh, Apollo moon landing there. And uh, when our li- <laughs> it's a, a wonderful segue. Thank you. Uh, when our listeners tune into this, we'll actually be in the midst of the International Space Week. And hey. Kelly, you spent, yeah, uh, you spent two decades as a NASA research scientist with a focus on Mars and the moon before turning your attention to music full time. Uh, I'm fascinated to know a bit about your experiences there. What exactly were you doing and uh, what role does audio really play in space? <laughs> uh, those were two very different questions. <laughs> As when, when I was at NASA, I was actually producing music, but not at NASA or for NASA. And so uh, I was there for more than probably two thirds of my time before I started to think really seriously about how to bring audio and music together with science yeah. because at, at, for the longest time I thought of these things as separate things the way we do in our society. I don't think yeah. that way now. But while I was at NASA, I was I was immersed in the in kind of two areas. One in just plain planetary science. I was my PhD thesis was on the dust in the atmosphere of Mars, and I wrote a big computer program to to figure out the optical properties of that dust. So very very like very niche. <laughs> Um, uh, but then, um, for most of my time, and as I was working at the intersection of, um, of human exploration and science, so thinking about what do we need to learn about the moon and Mars before we send humans there specifically? And then once Mm -hmm. the humans are there, what are they going to do scientifically? So Mm -hmm. really thinking about research about learning about our the history of our solar system and our own evolution and all the big outstanding questions in in planetary science and and indeed in 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 science as a whole and how can how how do those overlap with human exploration and so Mm. i did a lot of work in the field of analog research which means going to places on earth that are like uh like another planet so really extreme wow. environments on this planet, places in the northern Canadian Arctic, in the Chilean desert, the bottom of the ocean, and trying to understand how the limitations of these hostile environments change the way we do science there. And, mm-hmm. and so this really none of this really had to do with audio, although one of these missions I went on was for a film called Aliens of the Deep with James Cameron. 
And I did actually think a lot about audio in that simulation. We were out at sea for two months and exploring the deep sea hydrothermal vents. So I did a lot of recording of very, very cool underwater sounds. And I thought about audio, but I, I didn't really come up with anything, <laughs> anything um, like specific or groundbreaking in that. But I just thought that was kind of the beginning of my thought process of, okay, what, what does audio have to do with science? And mm. that was when I, um, I got invited to give a talk in, in Japan on, um, on the role of planetary science and space science and astrophysics on our collective understanding of ourselves and who we are as, a, mm. as humanity. And that got me thinking in the really biggest picture about, um, about space science and about our own humanity and our understanding of ourselves. And that was when I ran into the work of Johannes Kepler. And I, I knew about Kepler's work as a, you know, from having an aerospace engineering PhD, you know, he discovered the laws of planetary motion. But what I didn't, what I didn't really clock uh, until this moment was that Kepler used music and harmony and principles of musical harmony to make those scientific discoveries and to launch science as we know it, modern astronomy as we know it. This was so exciting to me. And I thought, why are we not using music this way now? Why don't we use music as a tool for investigating reality? And, you know, that just being invited to give that talk and, and re-encountering this idea, that was what started the whole pathway towards Kepler Concordia in this dream of returning to medieval times when music was uh, a science. It was one of the four sciences. Music was part of the quadrivium. You had arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music. And those were the four sciences, essentially. Music wow. wasn't an art. Music wasn't entertainment. Music certainly wasn't for advertising. Music was for investigating the reality, realities. And I think that's what's um, brought me to where I am today is, is this idea of music as a tool for exploring our everything about our reality, including our physical reality. Amazing. Amazing. This <laughs> is just fantastic. I love this. Now, together with a previous podcast guest, the very wonderful Imogen Heap, you developed the Mimu gloves. Could you tell us a bit about what they are and what makes them so special? Yeah. So when I left NASA, I left NASA to go work with Imogen and she had a dream of being able to be free on stage and be liberated from her technology in just exactly the way we've been speaking about today. Just, you know, she wanted a technology that could disappear and would give, leave her free to run around the stage as she does, being yeah. doing brilliant things and recording her string players and recording her own playing the drums and the imbira and then looping all of that and starting and stopping loops and turning things up and down and applying filters and she didn't want to have to be tied to her computer to do that and so the original dream was to you know work for her to create that to create for herself um something that would allow her that freedom and in doing that we realized that lots of people want this freedom they want to be able to interact with their technology with their gesture and so that's what the gloves do it's both a wearable technology and also a software program that essentially allows an artist to create their own instruments using their bodies. So their bodies become an instrument, their movements become an instrument. They get to say what movements do you know cause these lights to go on or off, or these these yeah. visuals to do this thing, or this, this sound to to happen, or some combination of all those things. And you know they're really just a magic tool for 
literally embodying your music and your visuals and being inside it. When Imogen wrote her first song with the gloves, she called it Me the Machine because, you know, she literally felt like she was she was the music. And, you know, and that was really what we were after, this this interactivity with the digital world that is so um, intuitive and so visceral that you mm. literally feel like you are the sound. And, and it's so exciting to have actually achieved that and to be able to, you know, offer that to other people. So last few years, what we've been doing is just making these gloves available to people and figuring out how to do that is, is, is another whole thing entirely. You know, working with Imogen yeah. to make, make them do what she wants to do was, was already hard enough, but to, to make them a general tool so that anybody can do anything they want with them, is, uh, that's been the challenge. Mm. Uh, and speaking of which, what kind of people are using the Mimu gloves that our listeners should know about or might know about already? Mm, yeah, there's so many. We we have I don't know the exact number, but but somewhere around 150 people using the gloves now. Wow. Um, there's of course Imogen herself. Um, Ariana Grande was one of the early the early um, pioneers, really, <laughs> of using them on stage. That was really, really, really exciting to watch with an experimental technology for someone to have the courage and the, just the, you know, the enthusiasm to go out in front of hunt literally tens or hundreds of thousands of people with this technology that really wasn't necessarily ready for prime time. <laughs> um, that was really, really exciting. So you can see what Ariana did with them. Um, that was really early on. And since yeah. then, um, we have another uh, Mimu team member called Chagall, like the painter. Um, mm. She uh, has been working with bringing all the different elements that I mentioned using choreography and um, working with lights and working with a full body suit, not just gloves, um, but like a full motion capture. She's worked with VR and visuals and, and set pieces that, in fact, that she controls with her gloves uh, super yeah. exciting to watch you can look up her work we have another artist who um, developed cerebral palsy he is a, an amazing guitar player and at some point just stopped being able to play the guitar his name is chris halpin oh. yeah. and um so he was one of our early glovers and now he's been working with the gloves for several years he started by taking his his guitar way of thinking and you know adapting it to the gloves and then started to realize the power of really the unlimited power of the gloves and has has developed a whole new way of interacting with music it's just so exciting to watch he's really really great so i definitely recommend checking him out so there's another woman named mary liz bender who wants to take the gloves to space and so she's been working on getting onto a space mission so she can take her gloves into space. She really believes in the power of the gloves work in microgravity and to have these tools while being out in orbit. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting. And I actually think she's going to do it as well. And so that's pretty exciting. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, I mean, I use the phrase, watch this space quite frequently, but in this case, it's <laughs> literally. It literally watch this space. Yeah. Amazing. And, and tell us a bit about what you're currently working on and what's coming up next. You mentioned a lot of recording, production, mix engineering, all that mm. kind of thing. What, what's coming up? Yeah, well, I've just finished this uh, a record with Luke Slot, an artist oh, that I work with, and wonderful. beautiful devotional album that we, in fact, just finished today. So Amazing. I'm feeling pretty celebratory uh, in that regard. It was a, yeah. it was a tough one, this one, and uh, we've been working on it most of this year. So it felt really good to finish that. And now I think I'm going to turn my attention back towards Concordia. This is the project that I've 
was just mentioning, really an immersive musical instrument for playing the universe, uh, playing data. So I'm going to really be focusing now on next steps for Concordia, probably starting with uh, a video that actually explains it in less than an hour. That would be very helpful in terms of finding people who are who want to be involved and also finding funding for it. So, um, yeah, I'm working on that. Doing a lot of stuff in the crypto DeFi space. So that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. It doesn't have anything to do with sound. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of where my my attentions are right now. My goodness, he's absolutely working in some of the most interesting areas of technology <laughs> and the human experience. So, yeah, watch this space, like you said already. Um, and Sean, coming over to yourself, the system of the all-new Harman Kardon Radiance 2400 was awarded a Best of Innovation Award at CES 2021 in the high-performance home audio or video category. What was the design intention and concept that you bought into Radiance? And can you tell us a bit about the development process and the technology behind it? You know, take us under the hood a bit. I certainly can. Thanks. So... Yeah, Radiance is a really cool story. So we started the development of the system several years ago uh, when our team was approached by the Harman X research team. And you may know that Harman X is our internal uh, research community. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came to us with a really interesting concept. Um, and it was to bring a line array speaker into the home. And when we heard the early demo, everybody was just blown away. Uh, nobody could believe that the sound was coming from this really slim column. Um, yeah. we, we knew we had something really special on our hands and we started thinking about how we could bring this pro technology into the home and really create this special experience. So then we started working with human who is our design agency within Harman. Oh yeah. Uh, I know that you just had Damien on the program. He's a good friend. Eyes, um, Wonderful. Their goal was to find a perfect blend of this Harman Kardon design language, which is this award-winning, well-defined design language, and Mm. this cutting-edge acoustic innovation. And really what they wanted to do was to create an art object more than just an ordinary-looking speaker. The process took a lot of iteration and prototyping samples and checking different materials and finishing. And the final result is this elegant speaker that resembles this form of a champagne glass Uh, you know the the main body is crafted from high quality steel material it's got this dark graphite metallic finishing and diamond cut detail it's just gorgeous Mm -hmm. Uh, and but the slimness the slim form factor is really achieved by this smart engineering and balancing the components uh, particularly the 24 transducer array that's placed in the column Mm-hmm. along with the electronics and the amplifiers and the heat sinks and all the and all the components that are situated in the base that really help mm-hmm. to stabilize it and make sure that the tower is uh is 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 well situated and and uh and, and balanced yeah. yeah and uh you know during the whole development cycle uh you know the the, quali- the team was totally focused on quality and bringing the product uh, to life to meet these expectations of what we wanted to achieve. I'll be honest, it was a very challenging project, but it was a lot of fun uh, mm. because we knew we were building something just so cool. The typical line arrays from big concerts, they just bring this like studio quality sound into a live venue. So you know, what kind of magic 
did you have to do to bring the power of these massive speaker setups into that small and sleek speaker? <laughs> well, I'll have to say that the magic was actually a, a lot of hardworking people <laughs> throughout sure, the sure. entire yeah. process. Uh, yeah. You know, start, starting with the Harman X team, uh, they had the expertise in the CBT line array mm-hmm. and then working with our design center to ensure that this audio package is just really correctly balanced with the design. We wanted to bring this live sound experience into the product and this whole team of acoustic engineers electrical engineers mechanical engineers uh, Mm. really contributed to this you know throughout the entire development process you know there was hours and hours of listening and as mentioning earlier we go have these trained listeners uh, that uh, evaluate the product and uh, ensure that it sounds uh, realistic and compelling uh, in the home. And, mm. uh, y- you know, we knew the product didn't just have to look amazing, but it had to sound great and, and mm. really let customers fall in love with it. Nice. Uh, and you mentioned uh, CBT a few times. Is that constant beam with technology? Would that be right? Yes, it is. Talk to us a bit about how the CBT technology actually kind of, uh, you know, gets this reduction of the cabinet size. It's just like, to me, it just sounds like space age magic. It's like something (laughs) from Star Trek. uh, Can you explain in layman's terms how this technology actually works? Yeah, sure. Okay, so the name of the game in audio, so particularly at low and mid frequencies, is how much air you can move, right? Mm -hmm. So ordinarily, this might mean using a large mid-range or a woofer to get enough displacement or just move the air to mm-hmm. fill an entire living room with the sound. Right. The problem is, is that mid-ranges, uh, mid-range drivers are typically wider, or deep, and they require a bulky cabinet. Yeah. But the CBT array uses 24 small drivers in a slim line. And this combined area of the cones and how far they move is the same as the mid-range. So um, oh. at the same time, uh, the width and the depth of the individual driver is quite small. So this is the key to getting such a lush and full sound from such a slim and elegant form factor. That's wild. Okay, so it's lots of very much smaller speakers, but they're all kind of nicely balanced. And I guess there's a a bunch of interesting technology there in terms of how everything's configured and designed and manufactured. But um, aside from the constant beam with technology that you just described there, uh, is there any other innovative tech that's gone into those speakers to really elevate the listening experience? Well, since the system is really designed for the future, it, it's fully compatible with Wi-Fi music streaming and HD. Uh, so the product works with, with Chromecast built in and, and AirPlay so you can stream music with an app or, or with nice. a voice assistant speakers. And, mm. you know, the sound is great for both music and for movies. Um, you know, the whole system is controlled by what we call a digital hub. Uh, it's a media controller that connects to your TV with HDMI. And mm. this hub connects wirelessly to the two towers and the subwoofer. So we, we knew we had to make the system completely wireless. Uh, you know, in, in traditional oh. hi-fi home theater audio or two-channel audio, you imagine these big bulky speakers with an AVR and you know, long cables throughout the room. And, and, and we knew that with this form factor, we had to do something different. Yeah. And, uh, and on the hub, uh, we have this beautiful LCD touchscreen that you can use to navigate the system and view album artwork and and from the streaming audio and really Mm -hmm. control anything you want, the audio settings and really customize it to the way you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And, you know, uh, as you mentioned there, this is kind of bringing together expertise from the 
the professional side of the business, uh, you know, from those line arrays and all that heritage. Um, but you, you're bringing it into people's homes uh, in this very much miniaturized form. It sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of collaboration. Was there anything in particular that helps the teams uh, from professional and consumer audio to collaborate or any methodology that you use to actually bring this all to life? Because it's a, a massive project. Uh, from the early side, the, the proof of concept worked and we had this breathtaking experience. Um, but the question was how we were going to produce this, um, how we're going to make it into a real thing. We yeah. knew that we had to have a very tight collaboration with the teams that were working on the product. So, you know, regular conversations, uh, just meetings, testing, flying samples back and forth between offices, sharing measurements and data in real time, listening tests, and all of these things together really improved the, uh, the product and, and the development process. And Sean, talk to us a bit about how the CBT tech actually works. What's happening? So before we talk about CBT and Radiance, let's just talk about what exactly is, is beamforming. And so audio beamforming is this acoustic method to control the sound dispersion in specific directions around an area. So beamforming is really useful in a lot of sound applications, uh, live sound applications. So for example, uh, in live sound reinforcement, if you have a big auditorium, you want to ensure that all the seats in the house will get evenly distributed sound coverage. And mm. so uh, sound designers use beamforming speakers to make sure that all the seats are getting the right sound by, by beaming the sound to these specific locations. The core of Radiance's story is this constant beam with technology or CBT, which is a patented innovation. It's used in Harman Pro products all around the world. In Radiance, uh, CBT creates this controlled vertical beam that directs less energy at the floor and the ceiling and more energy towards the listener. So for this, we specifically tuned Radiance to create a wide listening area and consistent sound field in the horizontal area. And the way the CBT works is really quite interesting. So at, at low frequencies, as I was saying, all 24 drivers are playing at the same time. So we get the surface area to replace a traditional woofer. And as the frequency increases, the drivers start to turn off in pairs from the outside in until only the center driver plays at the very highest frequency. So this is what we call tapering. And this tapered array creates this consistent sound pattern that works really well over a wide range of frequencies. What it means is that you get clean and clear sound that's great in any living room. With, and the benefit is that you actually get a wider sweet spot and improved imaging when you're listening to music or movies. Wow, some serious science going on there. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you. I so. had help. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, not everybody here is a PhD in astrophysics, you know. <laughs> and uh, this kind of mind-blowing thing of miniaturizing the speaker design. Do you think we can expect this kind of tech in future products? And is there a limit on miniaturizing speaker design? So, you know, it's clear that with CBT, what we've done with Radiance is an absolute milestone in the world of consumer audio. Um, you know, this is the first time we've introduced this type of technology into the home. And you know, I think we all know that it's a really major leap forward in innovation. 
yeah, the, the technology is certainly scalable, but you know, we don't want to give all of our secrets away. We'll just uh, <laughs> see what the future holds. Okay, I'll say it again. Watch this space. I'm expecting very miniaturized great things from uh, from the labs there, Harman. Um, so coming back over to yourself, Kelly, uh, you know, you've really taken us through an amazing journey of discovery in terms of the relationship between you know space and the planets and music and technology. Where do you think the future is? going in terms of audio technology? <laughs> well, I, of course, um, hope that the future of music itself is going into the past. Um, oh, <laughs> but nice. in terms of technology, I hope that the technology moves in a way that allows us to go back into that past where mm -hmm. we are able to use music for exploring our realities, both our physical realities and our spiritual realities. I think music is uniquely situated to do that and as if the technologies can enable us to get inside a data set and convert that data into sound in a way that helps us understand the information how mm -hmm. you know using sound to encode information and deliver it in a way that um, triggers our imaginations and our analytical and emotional sensibilities as humans that's where I, I hope technology is going. So really, really fast audio processing that can turn huge amounts of numbers into sounds that make sense to our brains and our hearts and allow us to experience the awe of nature through numbers that are represented as sound. <laughs> and uh, I think if we're successful in that and the technologies are good enough, then what we will really be doing is connecting people together, as Sean said. Yeah. You know, it is really about humans and about the human experience. And I think one human experience that's the most sought after is a feeling of belonging and a feeling of oneness. And really, you know, not to be too cheesy, but, and I really mean this really seriously, a feeling of love for each other. Yeah. And I think if technology can enable love, <laughs> then that's the mm. holy grail, literally the holy grail. <laughs> um, music, um, music technology that can enable a sense of oneness. It would be better than drugs. It would, probably would be better even than a lot of other things that we think are really good. And I think actually we've probably all experienced at one time or another in music, yeah. that feeling either you're at a concert or you're lying on the floor and your speakers are pumped to the highest and you just, you're feeling the vibrations and you're something that, it just does something to you. And, you know, yeah. and if that can be done in a way that connects people together in that experience, I hope that's the future. Gandhi said we need to be the change we wish to see in the world. So that's yeah. what I'm working towards is music technology that brings us together. Fascinating. Oh my goodness. Right. I think we, we should have a talk about that in the future. That's that is, uh, absolutely mind-blowing. Thank you. And uh, coming over to yourself, Sean, you've obviously given away a lot uh, about the amazing new technology that you've been using. You can't give away too much, obviously, because it's the stuff that's coming up. But, you know, in more general terms, where do you think the future's going in terms of audio technology? Well, I think that today there's a lot of discussion around spatial audio and 3D music. Um, mm. You know, we've seen Dolby Atmos and 3D audio applied to movies for years now. And now we're just starting to see a music that is either being mixed or remixed in some of these 3D surround formats. We're also seeing other recording companies recording in their own proprietary 3D surround sound algorithms. I'm really interested to see this 
um, because this just affects the entire content pipeline. You know, all the way from the artist through the mixing to the reproduction in the home. And it, I think it really challenges artists to make some really interesting choices in how they do their mixing. You know, right now we're starting to see 3D surround sound really in headphones. Yeah. And I think that this can really be compelling because of how the virtualization is done over headphones and two channels. Um, you know, but as this is introduced more into the home, you have a variety of different playback systems and environments and, you know, no, no two rooms are alike. So how do you faithfully reproduce what the artist intended uh, in this multidimensional surround mix into the home? I think that this is a challenge for everybody in the entire music, audio uh, industry. It, it's it's going to be a joy for customers and people because uh, they get to rediscover some of their favorite artists in these new mixes. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing what's next. Thank you. That's some amazing future potential there you've just outlined, Sean. And uh, I have one more question for both of you. It's a very important question. It's a question we ask all of our VIP guests here on the Audio Talks podcast. And that question is, would you please choose a track for our VIP Audio Talks title playlist? And we're going to start with yourself, Kelly. I think I will choose a project of, of mine and my ex-husband, Kaylee Lohr. We have a little side project that we we sort of sometimes dip into and then it generally goes goes dormant for long periods of time wherein he writes the music does the music production and i choose some particularly inspiring words from johannes kepler and set them to music <laughs> so this is actually my favorite favorite project that i have ever worked on we only Amazing. have two songs so far so i think that the song that i will choose is called third nature and it is an excerpt from a letter that Kepler wrote about Cicero, the philosopher, and about mathematics. And he says, um, if God fulfills my wishes, my mathematics will always be ready to offer delight and give relief from sorrow. Um, oh. Which I think is just the most beautiful idea about math. Absolutely. And so, yeah, we've set that to music. The name of our, our project is the Imperial Mathematicians. And so the link that I'll give you is the imperialmathematicians.bandcamp.com. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> My goodness, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Kelly. What a backstory. <laughs> oh, amazing. And Sean, coming over to yourself, what track would you like to add to our VIP Audio Talks title playlist? Well, I'm definitely going to listen to Kelly's track. That sounds totally <laughs> cool. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I recommend a track. It's a new song called Living Proof by a band called The War on Drugs. Um, oh, yeah. I just returned from a long hiking and camping trip through the mountains in Sichuan because I live here in China. Amazing. And uh, I had this song and other songs uh, from the artist on repeat. Um, the song is a real slow burn. It's really easy to get lost in. It's beautiful arrangement with pianos and guitars. And um, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming album. Fantastic choices, both of you there. Brilliant. And uh, my own contribution to this uh, episode's playlist is Son, Mund und Sterne by the Starseeds, which is mm. this kind of blissed out signals from outer space made by... <laughs> two hip young people from Germany back in the 90s and their album Parallel Life I think is one of the lost classics. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful and it's all around this you know, 
the big questions about human life and space and the universe. And so uh, it just resonates at the moment. Wow, well, there you have it. I mean, I really couldn't have asked for two more qualified or more fascinating guests to talk about technology powering elevated music experiences. It's all there and there's so much more I want to know about this whole area based on our conversation. So thank you so much for joining us on Audio Talks presented by Harman. Kelly Snook. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a delight. And Sean Barton, who joins us from China. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Listeners, don't forget to subscribe, comment, review and share with your friends and family. We'll be back soon for some more fascinating audio talks. See you next time.